0: to the Chomp Cast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp. And remember, you can always go to swordchomp.com, where you can access the many places our podcast is available for download. Uh, but if you're listening to the show right now, that means you found us. So welcome to the madness that is the Chomp Cast. Uh, you can also find us on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash swordchomp. If you'd like to support us financially, look for our VIP tier. Uh, the post-E3 fallout is upon us Uh, no that is not ash raining down it's the powdery white residue left behind by millions of excited nerds after e3 raining from the heavens as we have some more post e3 coverage for you this week we also finally get around to debating the ever polarizing detroit become human we've been pushing that off for weeks now we're going to delve into it aka a poor man's heavy rain um it's also raining poll results uh, every tuesday at swordchomp on instagram you can vote in our polls our legendary swordchomp polls and we will read the results discuss them for topics on the podcast this week we have polls to discuss including the last great pokemon game zombie fatigue cyberpunk as a first person shooter the tetris effect and our sequel heavy gaming industry um which is actually the topic of the show. Uh, is the gaming industry too reliant on sequels and familiar franchises? Uh, we have a neat BioBreak article involving camouflage, and much, much more will be discussed with the help of our very special guest today, as the summer of guests here at Swordchomp continues. We are joined by Erica... Suarez of the Super S anime Podcast. She is a uh writer as well for Comic Bastards. How are you, Erica?
1: I am fine and dandy.
0: Fine and dandy? <laughs> yes. because <laughs> <laughs> if you were just fine and you weren't dandy, I'd be a I'd be a little worried, but I'm feeling better now. Um glad to have you here. How are you feeling? Are you excited? Nervous? How how are you doing?
1: I'm I'm great. I'm super excited. <laughs>
0: You're, you're a podcast veteran. You have this thing down, so.
1: Yeah, I hope so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like, well, we'll find out. Um, I know you also go by Little Saiyan in a lot of places like Twitter. Um, I, I assume that's because you are a big DBZ fan. Girl, Is that correct?
1: Yes, that is correct. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So would you agree that uh, Frieza is the coolest of all dragon ball z characters right
2: no
1: no <laughs> he's fucking annoying
0: that was a trick yeah he's the coolest fr- freeze okay no I,
3: what's, freeze, freeze, freeze enough.
0: <laughs>
4: see i did that um see god just, damn it why, why, did, why it? did why did
2: erica why did you laugh we don't laugh that encourages yeah we don't him. laugh
4: at his bad jokes yeah. what are you doing yeah. Yeah, yeah don't just, laugh
3: bad parenting He's see, gonna he's see, gonna take the wrong message from this.
1: Erica now this podcast
4: is gonna be filled with bad jokes.
1: <laughs> I love bad jokes.
4: Yeah, that's why
3: I mean. But Erica, you don't, friends.
1: Love them. We don't love You don't know, uh,
0: Erica understands that people want to hear laughter instead of the awkward silence. Uh, so it'll be a nice refreshing break from these fuckers I have to deal with. Um, <laughs> but, okay, who's your who's your who's your go to? Who's your favorite DBZ character?
1: Uh, Vegeta.
0: Vegeta. Yes. So why is there some sort of deeper reason or you just think he's really
1: I think for a deeper reason just because of the growth like he, he's he gone through from Dragon Ball Z and then to Dragon Ball Super if you've watched it it's just I love it uh, he's so amazing
0: his character arc okay okay yeah
4: does he have a mustache now
1: no no he okay. doesn't Uh, uh-uh.
4: sorry he fish. should, that he should so have random. a mustache
1: <laughs> he <laughs> had a mustache in GT but oh, it's like oh okay okay thing. yeah
0: right right Wow, a lot of GT people got real like crazy. <laughs> They're giving <laughs> them mustaches and shit. Um, well, that's cool. Well, we, you know, we're glad to have you here as a podcast veteran as well, Erica. Thanks for making time with us today. It's are gonna be fun to debate some stuff with you. You are pro Detroit become human, so we should have a pretty uh, spirited debate. Mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just
0: like that. Uh, um yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah, that's that's the sound that we'll kick the show off with. Um uh, but we're glad you're here. Um uh, I'm gonna introduce the rest of the co hosts, the crew you know and love. Up first, um, from Texas, the one and only, the Filipino Johnny Depp. Fish is here. Fish it actually is a a nice um segue there because you do the anime podcast, uh, Erica. um Speaking of the darker side of anime, Fish actually was... I don't know if you know this. Fish was the founder of his very own hentai blog. Um, What was the name of that that blog again, Fish? I can't remember.
4: Tentacles and More? Tentacles and More. Okay. That's...
3: Huh. I must be thinking of a... I was following the wrong blog this whole time. I was reading 10 out of tentacles this whole time. (laughs) I thought that was (laughs) you. (laughs) Oh,
4: man. Uh, Yeah, but...
0: I gave, see, I gave Fish all day to work on that joke, and Josh came up with a a funnier response in two seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Ten out of tentacles.
4: Uh, Uh, He's on point. Yeah, I I don't really do any any homework around here, and yeah. Even, (laughs) I wouldn't say consider that homework, per se, but
0: um, I'm glad you went the tentacle route, because for some reason, that's all I kept thinking of, too, was tentacles. That's all I kept thinking about. That's all I got, too. What is it? It's like one of those cards when you're in the doctor's office and they show you a picture. It's like as soon as you see hentai, you just think you see tentacles. You see tentacles, you think hentai or vice versa. So um You should have done like an aggregate page fish, like the Metacritic for Hentai or something like that. That would have been cool. You really yeah. could have. I don't I don't think something like that exists.
4: Mm, unless you count, you know, all the the likes and dislikes on those videos.
0: Oh well, um, yeah. Yeah,
4: maybe I could I could aggregate all that and be like, it's oh, like this... A... Well, you know what they do with those likes and dislikes. They'll dislike it if it's too high. If it's higher than sixty nine, they'll dislike it. If it's lower than sixty nine, they'll like it. So they could kinda, you know, get up there to sixty nine percent. Alright. Alright. Little I... known fact about
0: the internet. I I you know Thanks. Thank you for uh, providing us with the knowledge. I appreciate that. Um, you're welcome. We are glad you're here today, Fish. As usual, uh, discuss everything with us. Um, up next from Japan, the one and only Professor Shay Layton is here with us today. Uh, Shay, you, uh, you had a pretty exciting, uh, pretty exciting week. You got looks like you were on the verge of booking another interview for Evoking the Sublime, which is pretty cool.
2: Yeah, um, I'm actually looking at booking Fish to talk about his hentai website. So I'm really excited to delve deep into that and uh, get into his newly found obsession of putting mustaches on our favorite anime stars as mm. they have sex. That's, with each oh, other.
0: that's it. That's Vegeta's porn stash. That's what it is. Okay, that's exactly Se- his what His '70s that is. porn stash. That's right. Oh, and you I want to see Majin Boo with '70s porn
2: Batman. stash. Because it doesn't go above sixty nine.
0: so <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, there you go, mm-hmm. there you go. He's all... What'd you say? Did he say Majin? You got a response out of Erica with that Majin Boo thing. I think that. Unsettled. Majin. Majin Boo. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Majin Boo okay. with a wow.
4: mustache. Get your shit right. It would be pink, right? He would have a pink mustache. It wouldn't be actual follicles, because
1: then it's oh. just gonna go with his. Skin color, but that would
2: it
4: be, be it'd be pronounced though.
2: So. I,
4: I want to see Sticking Popo. Looks more like he just has
3: cat lips or something. So <laughs> little cat Yeah, smirk. that's true. Mm-hmm. Like little white like, whisker upper lip things. There.
0: Yeah, maybe he has like how catfish don't actually have whiskers, but they have those weird like pieces of flesh that look like whiskers. Maybe he has a bunch of those little.
2: Well, you're gonna yeah. find out about all of this and more on the second episode. So. Okay.
0: So we're branching Hops. out now.
2: Okay, all right. Just hold cool. your horses.
0: Wow. Evoking the sublime. Interviewing uh, game creators and uh, fish. Anti-blocks. <laughs> <laughs> Enti- <laughs> Enti- Enti- website creators. I'm excited. He's a pioneer. Yeah. Fish is a true pioneer. Um, he is. All right, cool. Well, uh, I guess Shay doesn't want to give us any secret details about this interview yet. So I, I do not. I do not. Up next from Michigan, Joshua Fowler is here. Uh the I always said the one and only, but that's, you know, kind of goes That's patently false.
3: Yeah. We're fucking yeah. everywhere. It's just Josh yes. Fowler's all over the place.
0: I <laughs> I'm really sick of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Just, just spawning everywhere. Everywhere mm-hmm. I look. Uh Josh Josh did a great job editing a lot of our E3 content for us Erica. Uh he found a way to get us all, you know, on a nice little screen with the press conferences. I've been putting a lot of those clips on our Instagram page. This has been a lot of fun. I got like weeks and weeks of content from those three press conferences Josh did. So uh, great job on that, Josh. Um,
1: Yeah, I enjoyed them.
0: Thank you. Little snippets, little taste. Also, it's the only time you can hear Josh laugh. It's true. If you want to hear Josh laugh crazy... Crazy amounts of laughter. It's there. It's proof. <laughs> I actually had somebody message that. Like, he is such, he has the most adorable laugh. I'm like, oh, I've never heard the word Josh and adorable in the yeah. same sentence.
3: <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> yeah. My grandmother and my dad and me all have basically the same laugh. Just kind of a, that that high pitched, just <laughs> slightly uncontrollable laugh. Slightly,
0: un- it mm-hmm. just gets away from you. Mm hmm. Uh, it's okay. You were you were quite tickled by that. Um, I was talking to Erica about that this week. That uh, Skyrim sketch, uh, where they did the Alexa <laughs> Skyrim thing. She was telling me that she actually downloaded it and tried it out.
1: So, yeah, it was it was funny at the moment, but then I'm just like, oh, okay, I got bored of it.
0: And, yeah. Well, and yeah, that's pretty. But it's cool that they did that. You know, they they committed to that joke fully. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. <laughs> that that was a great sketch. Um, the smart fridge or Skyrim. I, I love it when companies can like you know make fun of themselves in that way. So, but yeah, those are really cool videos. I have a couple more coming up. And uh, uh, Rat Simulator will go up tomorrow. Uh, Rat Simulator 20, <laughs> 2019. Um, which I you know won't make sense right now, but it will next week when they hear this. Glad you're here, Josh. I of course am Morgan Barnes from Montana. Uh, Erica, I don't know if you know. I've been in a deep, I've been in a deep dark uh, Pokemon hole lately. Um, it has been uh, scary, but not Pokemon Go
3: cast flash yeah oh there you go josh thank you you.
0: thank you so
3: helpful um (laughs) but but put that on some trash pokemon that you know you don't you're never gonna actually use that in battle so (laughs)
0: that's true you gotta have yeah what do they call those tm or hm pokemon where you just uh hm slaves or whatever Mm -hmm. um but yeah i was telling uh, erica about this a little bit because i was in a little bit of pokemon go phase but if anybody would play it with Cause you know that it's it's a cute little collecting game, right? But if no one's gonna play Pokemon Go with you, then what's the point in playing it, really? Um, And typical fish abandoned me. He was the only Pokemon Go friend I had. Fucking abandoned me. I sent Erica that that funny video of you, um, the Pokemon Go video where you pull your phone out of your pants, uh, the classic. Uh, (laughs) You make so, but that's you know that was a good one, right? It was good. That was gold. That was gold. Yeah, that, that one's been up on our Instagram page for... Actually, you probably need to go take that down. That was one of the first videos I put up on our Instagram page like two years ago. Um, yeah, I don't want HR on my ass for that video, Morgan. Take that down. Yeah, I need, actually need to do that. I need to take it down. <laughs> um, but it, it made me hungry for, like, the actual Pokemon game. So I've been going back through Pokemon Sun and Moon. Uh, and I was, I was hoping Erica had played it, but she said the last one she played was X and Y, which is why it actually inspired me to put up that poll question this week um so uh, so x and y was the last pokemon games you did you li- did you like x and y a lot or
1: i really liked it it was just it was different from like the rest of the pokemon games just because you were able to have like a one-on-one like uh connection with your pokemon and like feed it and then play with it and like do other kinds of things
0: yeah like bonding uh, yeah yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, that's what I liked about it. And then you were able to choose between female or male character and then dress it up. But I just like that those kind of things. It's fun.
0: Yeah. They were kind of taking a step almost toward like that digital, like we were joking earlier with the Tamagotchi thing, like that digital pet that you can like take care of. And it makes you feel like closer to your digital avatar creature or whatever it happens to be, which I, I, I feel like maybe the our... Our uh, followers, maybe I I didn't think the poll was that confusing, or maybe I was just shocked by the results, but it came back a lot differently than I expected, because I was like, well, I said Pokemon X and Y were the last great Pokemon games, and it came back 60% said no. I was like, well, that's either implying that X and Y weren't great games, or that Sun and Moon were also great in their eyes, so it's a little bit broad and open-ended, but I was surprised that um, people felt that way, so just kind of weird. I got people messaging me saying like Pokémon Blue and Red and I'm like, "Well, come on. Yeah, those were great games, but that was like 25 years ago." I mean, come on. Those, those aren't the only great Pokémon games, so. I mean,
1: I've never played Sun and Moon, but since the last games were X and Y, I mean, I enjoyed it a lot.
0: They're they're good summer project games for us because, like, in the industry, everything slows down in the summer. Like, there's not a lot that's going to come out. So when we do, we do, like, these, one of the things we do as a group is we do these battles where we get together as friends and we breed and, like, train them and stuff, and then we get together and hash it out. We haven't done one of those in a while, but I wanted to catch up and and be ready to go. also got one of these uh, adorable little things I wanted to show you guys before we move on from my local game little, spot a little
3: higher you're not quite into the I know, camera I know. yet I'm
0: tr- I know I'm trying to I was just gonna let fish describe it for audience because you know it's a visual thing uh you
4: know what this is fish
1: guess that Pokemon uh,
4: it's
0: who's a Tas- yeah there you go
4: <laughs> who's that Pokemon Tasmania devil nah. <laughs> that's
0: a good guess Taz wasn't it Taz wasn't it what his name
2: was where's GameSpot at
0: oh god did I say game spot I'm sorry GameStop. See, Shay is like God. He is such a Nazi. I feel he's such a Nazi for my words. Ah, it's okay. It's he's he's not re- he's not he's not wrong. There's no one? What is this? What is this fish? What is it?
4: It looks like a black ratatata. I don't think it's called ratatata. I I, I don't
0: it's know the not. name of
4: that Pokemon.
0: Can can you pronounce ratatata properly for fish Shay?
2: R- Rattata.
0: Yeah, it's Rattata. R- Rattata. 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 That's <laughs> the fuck. I was actually. I. I seriously used to do the same thing, fish. I was looking at. I, I really like the Alolan. They made the. They took one of the most generic Pokemon ever, the uh, Rattata, and they made it black, and they gave it a little mustache. You can't really see it that well in this version of it, but in the game, it looks like it has a little mustache.
4: It's pretty cute. Mm. very cute. I've
1: never seen that Pokemon.
0: Oh this is the new game. This is Sun and Moon. Yeah. What's yeah. the name? What's it What's the name of it? A low on Ratata. Uh, Alolan. Alolan. That's what they call... It. So, with the new one, Erica, they did this weird thing, so they made, like, different versions of classic Pokemon, like, there's, like, a new Marowak, there's a new Rattata, there's, like, they did, like, basically, they're trying to say, like, on a different part of the world, there's, like, it's the same species, but there's slightly, like, different variants of it, so it's cool. Plays in the whole ecology and everything. Anyways, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really cute game. It's fun to go through in the summer, so it gives me something to do. But, um... More on that later. Let's get into the topic of the show. <sighs> Erica, this is something we were talking about the week, trying to find something to talk about. And your poll question sort of inspired it. So we can launch from the poll question right into the topic of the week. And then I'll give you the floor here as you can tell us you know, why you were kind of thinking about this. Um, and basically, the poll question was that sparked this was, is the gaming industry too reliant on sequels or familiar franchises? Now, there's technically no right or wrong answer to this, but put it up on the polls anyway. Came back 63% yes. So the majority of people think yes, for the most part, the industry is a bit too reliant on sequels and familiar franchises. So what got you thinking about this in your head um, when we were talking earlier this week? Uh,
1: just because of the Series E3? I mean, it happens every year. They bring out another sequel to a game and it just uh it just has needs to have an end at some point like for assassin's creed but um no there'll I mean, never
0: be there'll no, never be
1: an end <laughs> <laughs> there should be i mean it just it should just branch out into something else because it's just it it's completely different now from like the the whole like O like era kind of thing and then um they just started with different characters, and then they they just went, like, to a different direction in that game. that just be like, it's not even Assassin's Creed anymore.
3: Yeah. I think the big issue there is that they started it out with this whole conspiracy theory type theme going on there, and then instead of wrapping it up, they just kept adding more and more layers. Like, no, it's deeper than this. And we're like, you know, what? six dozen games in now at this point point. 19 there's, yeah there's no there's no end to the conspiracy at this point they've just they've given up on ever really completing anything there
2: that's true i rem- I remember when we did uh assassin's creed 2 um back in 2010 9 9 9 2009 Nine. 2010 yep. and then we we did um the second game i don't even remember what the second game was called like brotherhood brotherhood and we um I remember like being super invested during that time in like what happens in the story. And then I like by the time I got to three, I was like, eh, I don't really care so much anymore. And that was almost, that was almost ten years ago now, and they're still pumping out games and the answers still aren't coming. That's crazy. But that's just like obviously one example, but that's kind of like indicative yeah. of this question in general.
0: It sounds like Erica's really just mad yeah. about Assassin's Creed. That's what this is all about. She's really just upset about Assassin's Creed. Uh,
1: I mean, they they've been recycling a lot of games, and I mean, it, I'm not saying like it's bad or anything. I'm like, okay, like I like the like the nostalgia of like bringing another game back and like getting better bra- graphics on it. But I just want something new. I mean, I really got a Cyberpunk 2077 was announced. Mm-hmm and i feel like hopefully it gives like inspiration for other developers to kind of just get take that leap and try something new
0: yeah well i mean yeah okay mm-hmm. that's and that's a, that's a fair starting point it's a it's a fun conversation because there's a lot of gray to this conversation and i think that's what makes it interesting um fish how do you feel about this this whole dilemma
4: um well we all know why they have sequels it's the the first game was very successful, and as, you know, publishers, they, they see that success and like, oh, can, can lightning strike twice? And sure enough, lightning can strike one, two, three, four, five, six, six different times for franchises and still be a success. But, I mean, you look at, like, Pokemon, which I don't think it's necessarily, they're not sequels. I would say they're they're more like a generational type of thing, um, even though the core gameplay is still there, um, and their naming they don't go you know numerical they they stick with colors and um, gems and whatnot and that's a secret you got to name
0: yeah. your game something weird you know <laughs> purple, uh, pearl ruby just don't don't put a number behind yeah. it. Unfortunately,
3: yeah. unfortunately, everyone this year decided that eternal was, was yeah, that's, yeah. that's the one.
0: All infinite sequels, eternal.
3: All sequels yeah. this time are eternal. All of them. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, yep. just what we're going to do. I, I,
4: yeah, I think the gaming industry realizes what they're doing and they're just like, you know what, this is just going to go on till it doesn't sell anymore. Let's just put infinite at the end. Well, that's the
0: illusion, right? It's like they, you get the excitement of knowing it's a sequel without the criticism of the number. Like, oh, it's just Halo 6. <gasps> no, it's Halo Infinite. Whoa! What is that going to be?
4: <laughs> that sounds a whole lot better. You already sold yeah. me on that game.
0: It does sound better. I'm not. Gonna, they tricked me. They got me. They got me mildly interested. If it had been Halo Six, I'd have been like, "Check me out. Don't give a shit." Right. But Halo Infinite, <laughs> you know. You know. <laughs> um, where do you fall on this whole thing, Shay?
2: In, like in general or Halo? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, what do you mean? In
2: general or in Halo?
0: Either. I mean, if you want to talk about Halo, that's fine, but I figured you weren't that interested in Halo, so.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm not. That's why I'm asking. (laughs) Um, No, it's... I definitely feel like there's some fatigue. uh, Like we've talked about in the past with something like Call of Duty. I used to be really big into Call of Duty, and then it just kind of... It it just got very samey for me, and I just... I don't want to invest the time and energy anymore in that type of game, and I feel like with a lot of games they're kind of afraid to branch out and do different things kind of like what Erica is saying we look at um like assassin like something like assassin's creed or call of duty and they haven't done much different they add a little bit extra and it's even it's even the same with pokemon you know it just it it's like there's a ton of fatigue there with these series and I just, I wish that more was being done, I guess, to try different things. Um, As we talked about, like, as you put up on the Instagram, and I talked about with somebody, something like Horizon Zero Dawn that just came out two years ago. It was an absolute success, and that's just showing that um, people want new IPs. So why why are they not doing that? Why are they not infusing new gameplay, new styles, like, stuff like that in there? Like just take chances, and if it doesn't work, well, then you learn a lesson. And I understand it's it's really difficult because of the fact that a lot of money is on the line and people's jobs are on the line. But if you're a AAA title, you can afford to, you know, take some chances.
0: Well, it's I it's tough. It's tough, and I agree with you. I um, stop the stop the underscore world said on the at swordchomp Instagram. By the way, every Thursday we put up the. Question or topic of the show, and we'll read some of our favorite comments. They said, People shouldn't complain about this for when some brave developers create something new, most gamers won't even try considering it or giving it a shot. Yet when a sequel comes out for some long running franchise, they run and pre order it. So I think you're right, Shay. There are exceptions like Horizon and stuff, but there are also a lot of original games that sort of get neglected, or, you know, like games like Detroit that have been worked on for years, and Josh just shits all over it. Uh, he just bends over and takes a big dump right on Connor's chest. And, you know, that's that's the risk you take. I mean, David Cage has spent, what, years working on that game, and if it
2: doesn't pan out for him. We're not talking an, about Detroit right now. Well, Get it's just
0: it. an example. It's an example. Well,
3: it's and not really a sequel, but it's basically a sequel. Like, it's well, really, it's a, mm, he's made one game with, like, four different stories.
0: The Heavy Rain style game. Yeah, that, that's his thing. Yeah, he's always made. Yeah. Did you did you ever
1: play Heavy Rain, Erica? No. I've I've
0: never
2: played it. What the
3: fuck? I know. It's
1: you know,
0: a long time ago though. I don't know if it would hold mm-hmm. up very well now. It definitely
2: wouldn't hold up. It does it doesn't hold up unfortunately. It's just too old.
0: Yeah, the visual like what makes you know how Detroit just looks gorgeous like the heavy rain looked even more amazing at the time and now it just doesn't look impressive at all. So that's part of the the appeal, but 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 what I'm saying is that the risk there is it's sort of like in the movie industry, but even more so. It takes years and years and so much money and these giant teams to create these games. And if you try something new and it fails, so many people are out of jobs. And it can just be a huge... That's one of the cool things about Bethesda. Is Bethesda will take risks on games like Prey, which I think is really cool. And they will, even if the game doesn't do that well, it does okay. They'll continue to support it because they say, look, we're like basically inhaling money from Skyrim and Fallout. So then they just put that other money into you know some of their smaller properties and i think that's always a cool thing to see
2: yeah absolutely but on the flip side of that um you look at something like one of your favorite games from six years ago morgan was like kingdoms of amalur and that was such a cool concept and it was like it had some really powerhouse names behind it and it ended up flatlining for what like whatever reason and You know, we've talked about that in the past, that basically it was a very big game, but it was also a very empty game, and it just didn't do well. And that was one of those IPs, you know, like those fresh new IPs that just didn't work, and it ended up up causing a studio to close, ultimately, because it didn't pan out. Well, that
0: one's a... That one's complicated too, and it I mean is. not to. And I don't. I I agree with what you're saying in principle, but that one was complicated because that studio made bad financial decisions. The game actually sold over two million copies. The problem was that they had positioned their studio in a way where two million copies was not a success for them, and that was a right. internal financial issue. But that that is one of the issues that new companies deal with is you have, like, like even when Tomb Raider came out, they were able to make more of them, but I remember reading when the first Tomb Raider reboot came out uh, of the of the newer games that that game sold, like, four or five million copies, and they were, like, not considering it a success. And I'm like, good God, like, if like the problem with our industry is you have to make so much back because it takes years and years and so much money to make these games that it's just... It's, it's such a scary thing for a lot of developers, and I think that's why right. they feel safer with the sequels, so...
2: Right, and part of that issue we've talked is endemically with the fact that they charge $60 still to this day. And that's something that we've already talked about before. But, I mean, that's that's always going to be part of the issue, you know, with games being successful is the price tag at the end of the day. Like, the amount that gamers are willing to spend... Um, they're not willing to spend more than $60, and that leads some studios who do want to take chances kind of in a tight position as well, I think. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the reason why we see fatigue is because if, like, take Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, for example, as we're talking about Infinite earlier, but um, that game was not that bad to me. I thought that was a pretty decent game at the end of the day. And a lot of people really didn't like it, um, campaign-wise. Now, I'm not talking about the multiplayer because I never played the multiplayer, but it was such a different departure from what the Call of Duty series usually does, and it got shit on for it. And you look at something like that, and you're like, well, we want these new IPs, we want these chances being taken, but when these studios do take the chance... Uh, it's generally not well-received. And you can make the argument, you can make the case that, you know, infinite warfare may be a bad example because it was a bad chance. But I'm not one of those people who thinks that. And I know there were other people, you know, like, for example, that being that example. So it just, it's such a difficult landscape to navigate trying to figure out when to take chances and exactly how to take them while also considering the fiscal aspect of it.
0: It's gonna be mm-hmm. hard to sell those. I mean, Shay, I, we should get that on the back of the box, Shay, in uh, box quotes. Not that bad, Shay Layton of Sword Chomp for the <laughs> new Call of Duty. <laughs> Not completely terrible. Um, how, how, Josh, how do you feel about like where where are the industry is as a whole? Do you think it's fine? Do you think it, it's pretty much what you expect? Bad, good?
3: Um, I think it's a necessary evil. They're going to sell. They're the summer movies of games. It's it's what they are. It's absolute trash that will sell. Period. And I think that's fine. There are people who want these and why not? Um I don't I don't care about them at all. So I just whatever. If if that's your thing, that's fine. Um Yeah, like I'm I'm fine with it as long as they're using that guaranteed income to push in other actually entertaining directions. Um, Yeah. Which we've talked
0: about, and I think that they are, right? Like, Horizon was probably funded from all the money that Sony was making on other stuff. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I'm fine with that. I mean, uh, even something... For for example, uh, take the last several Mario games. Um, They had... The Galaxy games and then Galaxy 2, because really they had too many ideas with that whole moving all the way around a planet mechanic to get just in one game, so they made a second Galaxy game, and then they went back to just the original SNES Mario games and made like four of those, and they all sucked, and they all got reviewed wonderfully, um... But I'm sure they put all that money into making Super Mario Odyssey, which was, yeah. again, new mechanic, let's do something really cool with Mario again. And if so everyone you're... bought those games and somehow enjoyed them, even though they weren't good, I'm fine with it because it allowed them to put all that effort into making the next actually good Mario game.
0: So what you're saying is even Nintendo isn't above
3: yeah, Trash. Yeah, no, like, I yes, yeah, because I... I definitely think that's what what that's what happened. I mean, you you look at all the new like in quotes new, all the all the new Mario new Super Mario World new new Mar- whatever they all were. There were like four games and they were all the exact same game. <laughs>
0: Something Mario. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, like all well, all yeah, all the Mario games that had new at the beginning. They they released like four of them and they were all basically identical. Um yeah. Yeah.
0: The only one I met, yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, to, to be fair, my daughter loved those games. So mine did too.
3: <laughs> I bought them. My daughter played them. I think she's got every single star in yeah. w- w- the Wii U version of one of them. Like, like obviously they're they're still good enough, solid enough games that are com- that bore me to tears because I've seen it before. But if you haven't, that's fine. They're still good games, and I I think that's kind of what Shay was getting at with you know the call of duty franchise like if if you haven't played it before the new one's the one to get like it's just generally accepted that's the one you're gonna want um yeah there are there are new customers still so
4: i also think that it, it may be something with like somebody's only gonna spend you know maybe 120 to 180 dollars a year on video games so they're only going to get you know one or three games a year um so they were going to want to stretch that money out and um Mm -hmm. generally they're going to want to be able to play either online with friends and maybe stick with something that they've already played and um Something like a, a first-person shooter, like Call of Duty or Halo, or you know those other games where a lot of a lot of people have played them and know what those mm-hmm. games are about and generally find them fun. So they'll they'll yeah. definitely want to. It's more of like an informed type of buyers type of thing with the customers where they they know what they're going to get out of this game and so they'll continue to buy it and not really. It's safe, yeah. Safety. Yeah, they, they want yeah. to take that safe chance with it. As opposed to, you know, trying out new experiences in uh, video games. And, yeah, it's it's hard to, like, kind of talk those people into buying a new game. Like, it takes a lot of fervor from, like, fans and people to really reach out deep into those people who are just stuck with playing one series very or... specific
0: to games too because if you go to see a movie you never heard before you only sit in the theater for an hour and a half it's not a right. huge deal you know what i mean right. mm-hmm. uh, maybe 15 bucks it's not 60 dollars and 40 hours of your life potentially to or to either, to be disappointed or well, there's trainings and stuff but it's a very different medium so
3: yeah you know it's kind of slightly a tangent but it's what what fish was just mentioning there I, that that is 100% why um Fortnite has taken off the way it has it's it's a game everyone can look at understand and is free free yeah. it's it's a free game like right. that's that's why the numbers are there and the numbers make more numbers like people are streaming it everyone's talking about it hey I'll go check this thing out and really I kind of wish that some of the other big shooters would take that approach. I mean, that's... Yeah. Well, there's there's right, no Overwatch reason I for a that? new game if you've just got loot boxes in there. Just release new content for the same game. That way you, you know, buy it once and then, you know, play it for years. There's just new I stuff think going Overwatch
0: on could have. I think Overwatch could have had that effect on us if it had been free. I could have seen us playing it a lot more. I'm, I, you
3: know, honestly, I think Overwatch probably has about another year before it is just free. At this point, um, really, because I they're they're making their money on loot boxes at this point. I can't imagine they're making many more sales at this point. Their money has to be coming from the loot boxes. I did you in, did you in order to sustain it? that. I, I think they have to.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Did you ever dabble in Overwatch, Erica?
1: Yeah, I got it on the Nintendo Switch. I mean, I don't, I didn't buy the Game Pass or anything because I'm, I i do not put that much time into it.
0: Wait, Overwatch on the Switch? Oh, no, I
1: thought you were talking about um, Fortnite. Mm.
0: Sorry, sorry. No, yeah, I was wondering if you had dabbled in... We don't give a shit about Fortnite here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, i never played Overwatch.
0: Okay, I'm just curious. Um, yeah, that's that's a tough one. That's a tough one, because if you're willing to get it for free... If it doesn't catch on, then you're fucked, but it, everyone's going to try your game, but it's free, so that's pretty nice. One of the comments, you were kind of alluding to this, Erica, um, Epidemic said... Definitely spot on. Cyberpunk 2077 was a breath of fresh air for the industry, and more risks should be taken. The same token companies need to keep profitability, which is why they will take little risk and keep going to the well. Mm -hmm. You know the same issues are happening in the movie industry. Reboot and remakes are the norm in the movie world, and it's not a new thing for them, but recently it's gotten out of hand. Which is crazy, because like we said, the movie industry is not even as risky, but yet... There is not... There's a lot of that. There's a lot of cash-ins. How many Marvel movies... There's a new Predator coming out, which is weird. It's a re, It's not even a sequel. It's like a reimagining.
1: Of, so much. How it just makes money overseas.
3: <laughs> How would it be a sequel? What's, what's to even continue a plot line with in the Predator movies? I don't know.
0: I, but, I mean, you'd think if someone sits down, they'd write a new story instead of saying, hey, let's redo the first story. Like, why does that always happen? Like, what is with this idea of you know reimagining it's interesting to me it's i don't know um, wait
4: no i thought the i thought the new predator was about the predator and then there's a bigger predator <laughs> i'm not making no. it up he is a bigger yeah. it's a new predator, predator 3.
3: predator <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a god there's that weird predator movie with the guy from that 70s show in it too people forget that movie was a thing um but no, it's, uh... And the Danny Glover one, too. No, the new Predator movie, Fish, there's a... It's, like, a taller Predator. He's, like, faster. It's a different yeah. Predator, but there isn't... It's not, like, two Predators going at it or anything like that, so... I think it is. Two Predators going at it, yeah, they come out the way I was expecting that, too. Um, Loman underscore Elo said, I think the problem is people don't like to take risks. If you keep making a game you know people like, you'll get back your money. If you make a new game, then you have to risk everything because of a very picky generation. Um... Which, you know, I feel like our, our generation is pretty discerning, but it's like Fish was saying. People are cautious with their money. Big Guy 461. I like that name. Big Guy. It's a big guy. Who is it? One of you gets really mad when I call you that. I don't know who. It, no, maybe that's somebody else. Um, definitely Fish because he's not a big guy. Uh, micro Guy. That's I like much. it. Why do you call me Big Guy? <laughs> <laughs> micro Guy 6969. Uh, big guy Only Morgan
2: could take this much pleasure in that username. <laughs> And I mean um, that in more ways
3: than one.
0: You know, big guy gives me pleasure. Um big guy force this really got out of hand. Big guy four sixty one. Yes. He is pretty big. <laughs> oh <laughs> god damn. It. The, uh but I was surprised it's not called Giant. Giant guy? Yeah. That's all you got, Fish?
4: <laughs> that's it. <laughs>
2: Uh, Erica, oh get in on this joke. Come on.
1: Um, no, don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: it's yes. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll have you making horrible dick jokes by the end of the show. Maybe, maybe not.
4: Shadow, um, shadow of the colossus,
0: big guy. Uh, God. That's, oh <laughs> God. <laughs> Blomp, mm. Show killer. Okay, I'll big go. guy for. Agro Agro. Stand underneath Agro Oh god Okay Alright focus Alright big guy 461 Yes But that's also what audiences want We buy Call of Duty every year And we get upset over no new announcements for Animal Crossing And constantly want old stuff to get remastered or remade Which I mean we do like a lot of remasters and stuff But that's not We don't want that instead of other things We just you know
1: It's just nice to have Every now and then What's a
0: game that you've always wanted to be remastered, Erica? Like something you're like, man, I love that game when I was younger. I would kill for like a prettier version of that game. I I
1: have two in mind. Uh, The first Dead Space and Pokemon Stadium on the 64.
0: Hmm. Dead Space is a good one. Mm -hmm. That's a game I've been rolling around because we're doing a uh, Best Games of the Last Ten Years show in a couple weeks. It's one of our biggest podcasts ever. And I was looking back at whatever year that was 2008 i think and dead space one came out that year and i was like man that game was really good at the time that was a really 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 fucking good game that game is almost perfect that game is a still of- it still holds really good up well though yeah
2: yeah yeah
1: i just wish they had to make a third one <laughs> it was just it was just completely different it was just it wasn't scary to me at all yeah almost yeah yeah i had yeah. fun playing co-op I'd, in that I'd welcome game a third one it's
0: <laughs> <laughs> just saying it never happened.
3: Yeah. No, no, you. I sure would have been being, nice of them to make a third one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that third thing <laughs> they made was. It said Dead Space on it, but it wasn't Dead
2: Space. Oh, that was Army of Two Dead Space.
0: Yes, that's what it was. <laughs>
1: oh, oh my god!
2: <laughs> Army of Two, the Dead Space
0: chronicle <laughs> Uh, the well, second Dead that. Space, the end of the second Dead Space, I hated so much because it just turned into an action game. I was like, I'm done with this series. It um, wasn't a bad game. It just th- like it started off kind of strong. You know, he was in the anyway, we don't have to break it down now. I'm just saying like, I know, I know they're getting into action and that's not as interesting to me. Um,
1: it started off as horror and should have kept yes. that way.
0: You are you, are, a, something, you're, are you a fan of good horror games?
1: I love horror games, even though I'm terrified of playing them. They're just, they're just really fun.
0: <laughs> what did you think of... Uh, they, I had a lot of shit last year on our Game of the Year show. What did you think of Resident Evil 7? Did you ever get to play that?
1: I did not. Oh,
2: let's, 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 let's not reopen game. this. Let's we're not just,
4: reopen this. Conversation, we got conversation, go Just through. let us talk. We didn't make cool. our top five board, and you're not allowed to recommend a yeah, non-top yeah, five game. On.
0: Actually You're picking something you want to talk about. On, you, Let's move on. You,
3: you put it on
0: your top five and then took it off because you were very confused.
3: Yeah, because um, it only took 30 seconds to talk him out of that turd. Yep.
0: That's the quality of fishes list. Pure <laughs> Dot, dot Incandescent said, honestly, the biggest culprit is Nintendo. I mean, shit, they can literally pull a Malibu Stacy and give Mario a new hat color re-release odyssey and they'd sell thousands however even with that said i still want a new goddamn animal crossing but josh said early they do a lot of that that um shoveling of shit to fund maybe the bigger uh more impressive games
3: yeah well nintendo in general generally they have like a staple few games that they always release and then they they make some weird stuff on the side a lot of times i mean think I mean, there's three Pikmin at this point, but think about how weird that was whenever it first came out. This, like, you know, just kind of tactical RTS-like puzzleish thing. Like, what? What even? Gl- but glorified it's still... lemmings in a way. Yeah, it's it's it ended up being super fun because it was just out of left field. Um, I mean, they've made several Smash Brothers at this point just because that, you know, turned out well, and then yeah they do they they reinvest in pretty cool ways pretty cool ways and uh anyway we we moved on before i had a chance to mention it before but um it's funny everyone's talking about cyberpunk everyone this is on the tail of three witcher games like it's it seems like seems like a similar sort of thing like i i feel yeah, i, I feel like it's definitely a necessary evil like Money's got to come yeah. from somewhere to make these really cool games.
0: Got all those Witcher Three Game of the Year editions—God knows they were recycling that shit for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, last one, and then we can get some closing thoughts and move on here. D. Shaney thirty-one said yes. But it's been that way since the mid-80s. I remember when I couldn't wait to play Super Mario Bros. 3 and poured over the Nintendo Power issue for days and days. It's what makes things like Cyberpunk and Death Stranding so alluring. Which is a good point, because Death Stranding was my game of the show, but like that sticks out to me in a sea of Spider-Man and Resident Evil Remake and all these other sequels. You know what I mean? Like When there is something original like a Cyberpunk, yeah. it really stands out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
3: Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... I mentioned this before. This is this is why I was so hyped for Spider-Man Last E3 and then they showed us more about it and I realized, "Oh, it's just a clone." And it just killed any any excitement I had for the game. Once I realized what direction they were going to take it.
0: Yeah, they just showed us all the swinging for like years and then once they once they showed the actual combat, you're like, "Oh, it's it's another superhero kind of game, but the swinging looks really good." Mhm. I don't That's just weird that that's I don't know. Like, I'm not saying the swinging doesn't look good. I'm sure that game will be fine, but it's weird to me that people get really excited about swinging, you know, to each their own. I think that's just part of the Spider Man allure. Um, do you guys have any closing thoughts before we move on? Anything you'd like to get off your chest about this topic before we segue into uh, the polls here? Uh, Erica, as well, I know. Anything else?
1: Nope. Okay.
0: I was just gonna say, my closing thought is just that I think the perfect example of this, Erica, is when I'm looking at something like Rage 2 to see how weird our industry is right now. It is basically a sequel to a game that we never thought we'd see a sequel to, and they're completely pushing that sequel in a very com- different direction. It's only Rage 2 really in name. Like the concept of that game is completely different, and that's kind of where we're at in our industry. You can take it. You can take a Somewhat established name, slap a number on it and make it something completely different because they just, they're so worried about having it be its own thing. Like, and even Bethesda, which is a pretty brave company, was like, we'd rather call this Rage 2 than something else. So, and that's like the weirdest example I can think of of where we're at in our industry right now. So, something to think about. Um, We got some fun polls to get through. Uh, Definitely get your thoughts on these, Erica, because a couple of these we went through earlier in the week. Um, One thing I've been doing with a lot of our guests is I wanted them to pick a poll question or two to kind of have fun on the show, and I'm going to start doing that as well. We already went over the first one, which inspired the topic of the show. Um, the second poll I wanted to talk about had to do with Cyberpunk which you had uh, inspired as well let uh, me we pull up here right now and basically I said I'm not really big into first person shooters but I trust CD Projekt Red to make a game I will love that came back 88% yes um, basically 90% of people are saying yes we trust them with this new thing how do you feel about that Erica
1: um, I, I agree with it I feel like since I've enjoyed, I enjoyed playing The Witcher Three because I didn't play the previous games. It had a really good story, and I I feel like it's going to be promising. And I I don't know, I not like on board with the first person uh, for Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven just because of the customization that you can do in the um, for your characters. I just really want to see my character. <laughs> Maybe I could switch off from, like, first person, third person, whatever
0: one thing I think will put you at ease there Erica just doing a lot of research about it is it's going to be set up a lot like Mass Effect games and stuff where even though it's for in first person when you have a conversation with someone like in Witcher as well you're going to see your character all the time they said um, and like you actually one cool thing they were talking about is like you live in your little apartment and like you'll be able to like have relationships with people like they said at one point in the demo there was like this you woke up in your apartment there's just this random girl leaving your apartment that you were dating so there's probably gonna be some simulation aspects there but like you, you're right it's in first person but you'll always you'll get to see your character during like cutscenes and like transitional moments and stuff like that so that should still be pretty just like we always saw you know Geralt every time he was talking to somebody and you had some sort of dialogue tree or something like that
1: yeah Mm -hmm.
0: so I think that should be that should even it out Um, I'm
1: fine with that
0: Then. (laughs) yeah yeah because that is weird like in there's a lot of games that are first person that you're like if you can customize yourself but you can't see yourself Then, like, what's the point of even doing the customization? It's kind of ridiculous. But they they know that was one of the things that people complained about that they immediately had to respond to whenever people found out it was the first. Because a lot of their Witcher fans are RPG fans and they were freaking out. Like, I'm sure you were a little bit concerned too. Like, I'm not really. You're not really a big first person shooter uh, person?
1: No, I suck at it.
0: Okay. And I'm I'm sure a lot of people probably feel the same way. Um,
1: I just don't dig it.
0: What about the rest of you guys? Uh, we touched on it briefly last. it be cool with Cyberpunk being a first-person shooter.
4: Yeah, it's yeah, cool. Definitely. That's a no strong
2: fine. opinion one way or the other.
4: I mean, I never played Witcher 3, any of the Witcher games, but from what I've heard, like their writing is very well done in those games, and their storytelling is top-notch. Um, so, and i don't know i i guess the thing with witcher that i never really got into was like the fantasy of it like i'm just so burnt out on that type of stuff um and uh, i really can't think of a like cyberpunkish type of game that i've played in recent years that pop up in my head other than maybe well detroit but that's more of like a more uh, coming future type of look to it. Not so much a cyberpunkish aesthetic to it. But uh, yeah, I'm just really excited to see what a next gen or not a next gen, but this this generation's uh top of the line graphics and um excellent storytelling will be. That that's that's the that's kind of the promise of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is what I got. Um whether or not it's in first person or third person didn't necessarily bother me I guess um, but I'm pretty sure there's emotes in that game where you can do like a slash dance and see your character
0: yeah I hope not I hope <laughs> that's not the case.
4: Um well, yeah. well, Mass yeah. effect, well, well Mass Effect have some dancing curious to see
0: how that uh, that date I love my dating sims you know that mm-hmm. um, let's see Resident Evil Dying Light State of Decay the zombie fatigue in the industry is real um, was that one that we talked about too, Erica? I want to say that was one that we. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What? Shay just flicked me off from the shadows of his apartment, which means he's not happy about this. It only came back fifty-eight percent said yes, so it only came back basically six. There's still forty percent of people that are not fatigued by zombies, which is amazing. To... How do, how do you feel about this, Eric? What is what's your what's your issue with zombie fatigue? Um, I
1: don't know. Just per- me personally, I enjoy playing any zombie-based game that is just as silly as Dead Island. I um I know yes. Days Gone is uh coming out soon, and I just feel like all the gameplay that I saw so far for that game is like very um intense and like realistic. They added humans to like the whole thing. Like, oh not just zombies is gonna be a problem. Oh, you also have to like um work your way through like all these other people are trying to kill you too. And it just looks very overwhelming to me. So I'm just like just give me Dead Island and I'm okay with it. Or um the last uh zombie based game that I did enjoy playing was Dying Light. So
0: yeah. Yeah, well, Dying Light 2 is supposed to be early. I never played Dying Light. Heard good things about it, though. I
1: love
0: um, it. You
4: well,
0: parkour. Know, parkour, yeah. <laughs> parkour your zombies. Parkour. Yeah, that's one thing we talked about last week with that Resident Evil remake that everyone's excited about. Resident Evil 2 is a great game, and that remake looks really cool, but, you know, back then zombies were a lot scarier in 1996 uh, or 4, or whatever it was, than than they would be now, so I, I wonder how some of that stuff holds up. Um... Uh, Let's see. I was curious because Josh was uh, not too impressed with uh, Tetris Effect in VR. So I was like, if I had a PSVR, I would be all about that Tetris Effect game from the Res developers. Came back 46% yes, 55% no. Um, Mostly split. Doesn't seem to be too much excitement there for... uh, I guess some people messaged me and said that it's going to be on in non-VR as well. So that's okay. uh, I guess if you're a big Tetris fan. So... Um, I was listening to a lot of interviews with Mizuguchi who does uh, he does Res and a bunch of that stuff this week for that Tetris game and just like his, st- his st- stance on VR is very interesting like what he wants from that industry and how excited he gets every time he makes a game how he envisions it in VR I think he's got some really cool ideas but um, it's a little disappointing that at the core of it it's still just Tetris so I you know no matter how beautiful it is it's still just Tetris so we'll see I'm curious to see if that does well for VR, but it doesn't seem like there was an overwhelming level of excitement there, at least from um, our followers. So, And then the last one was Pokemon X and Y were the last great Pokemon games. We already talked about that earlier. Surprised it came back 60%. Maybe I'll specify something a little later on because that seemed like a, a, a big skew. So, uh, Remember, every Tuesday, the polls have been just overflowing with... Um, Votes uh, over the past couple weeks, uh, it's really cool to see that growing, and it's fun. always fun to talk about them. Every Tuesday, at SwordChomp on Instagram, we'll be running polls, so you should go, uh, you should go vote on them, and uh, we will discuss them on the show. Um, that will segue us nicely. I want to slip the bio break in here before we uh, argue about Detroit. the end of the show be a good way to build up to our our title fight that we have here over become human um we have a bio break article this week well we weren't able to do one last week because it was all e3 but we tried to slip in an article about biology or science every week we have a biologist on the crew and um, this article is from ScienceDaily.com and the summary of it is many animals have evolved fur or feather colors to blend in with the environment and hide from predators but how do animals stay camouflaged when their environment changes with each new season? For snowshoe hares, hybridization plays an important role in their ability to match their environment. So basically that's to do with camouflage, changing seasons, stuff like this and this is personally interesting I know to Shea because uh, this came from the University of Montana our homeland of Montana. Um, yeah, take it away, Shay.
2: Yeah, no, it's really interesting, this article, in part obviously, like you just alluded to, part partially because it comes from uh, where we grew up. But what's interesting is that, obviously, with uh, climate change effects that are going on right now, that animals are being basically put to the task of you know trying to survive uh under these conditions that are changing at a rate that has never been seen before it's happening at an all-time fast rate and that is like that's a lot of a lot of animals are not you know are not going to make it you know potentially we're looking at something like amphibians having a difficult time some mammal species some reptile species some bird species because uh the rate at which they need to adapt is just too quick. It's too quick. Um, and, you know, we will lose a lot of, cre- a lot of uh, species. But what's interesting about this article is that basically they are finding that these snowshoe hares are starting to evolve to um, basically ad- um, adapt to the presence or absence of snow. And it's they're actually meeting that rate, which is incredibly shocking, honestly. Yeah. Um, it, it it really is. So basically, the snow snowshoe hare, during the winter, it will change its coat to white to obviously match with the snow. And then, obviously, as the snow starts to melt, they will start to turn brown to match with, um, you know, the ground and dirt and whatever. I mean, it's pretty intuitive stuff. And they actually one of the one of the shocking things about this article for me, um, because I didn't exactly know this is basically they were able to get this, uh, quote unquote, pigmentation gene by hybrid hybridization, which is something we are seeing more and more in the animal kingdom. And that's how they were able to, you know, acquire this gene that allows them to do this. and. Basically, now it's being that that gene is being favored throughout their evolution, throughout the basic the subsequent generations, and that's that's really exciting stuff. Um, that this hybridization is occurring because I think, you know, as we discover new species of animals going forward, we're going to see more hybridization, and that's going to lead us to basically discovering these other species. So, yeah. what
0: is hybridization?
2: Hybridization is basically when uh, creatures from different species interbreed. Stop using fossil
3: fuels.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They mate together and they mix.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what yes. I was thinking, but I wanted to be sure because I actually – recently I was – I went fishing and I caught a hybrid of a smallmouth and a largemouth bass, and it was the weirdest looking thing. Well, the guy next to me caught it, and it got me on this long Google tear of looking up hybrid – like I was fascinated by like, hybrid creatures, which are basically like a weird mixture of the two, but yeah. not super not super common that I was seeing.
2: Um, well, it's it's – that's the thing. It's becoming more common as animals are trying to – kind of adapt to climate change you know um one of the one of the big ones that has been talked about recently is a pizzly, or a growler bear which is the mixture or the hybridization of a polar bear and a grizzly and um some people are concerned because it has like the aggression of a polar bear and um the strength of a grizzly or something, something along those lines, I can't remember exactly, but um we have the hybridization of wolves and coyotes going on right now, which is actually also in Montana. Earlier this year, um I actually think it was last month or the month before, they caught this weird ass dire wolf looking creature. And they're um theorizing that it was basically the um the hybridization of a wolf and a coyote essentially. So these things are happening more and more, and it's happening more and more in nature is the thing because we've kind of, as humans, we've kind of let that happen. For example, a, something like a mixture between a or uh, excuse me, a mixture <laughs> between a cow and a buffalo, a beef, a beef, a cow and a buffalo, kind of and a buffalo. Uh, uh, which, or sorry, a bison. And a cow, excuse me, and that allows us to basically, you know, have more meat and have those qualities of that meat. For example, and we've kind of obviously done uh, a little bit of hybridization with um, with dogs uh, a little bit, you know, uh, and that's more that's more artificial selection. But like in order to get specific breeds, we do that hybridization so seeing it more in nature is what's really fascinating honestly and that's that's partially due to just different ways to combat the impending effects of climate change
0: well you know much like I was joking with the life finds a way thing with Jurassic Park you know it's it's love you know what I mean like if, if one fish loves a species of another fish you know they, sh- they should just they're just going to mate you can't stop love and I th- I think it's a beautiful thing.
1: I think they're just trying to survive. <laughs> I don't think it's the whole, like, mating thing, you know?
0: You know, I, maybe they don't realize it. Maybe they don't realize that their love yeah. is the key to survival. Love is the key, guys.
3: Yeah, the smallmouth is... bass just happened to be upstream of the largemouth bass and didn't realize it. That's, that's <laughs> what happened there.
0: Damn, I love that largemouth you got there. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Um... God, you guys take it so seriously. Yeah, no, that is cool though. I lo- the hy- the hybridization of animals is pretty pretty interesting. It's- yeah.
2: It it is interesting. Actually, uh Erica had some stuff she wanted to mention specifically about hybridization. Uh
1: yeah. Correctly. I, a couple of years back I read an article about um hybridization seen with um whales and dolphins. So they found a dead whale in Alaska and it had um A dolphin beak but um it they didn't really exactly expand on like uh like where it came from or like what happened but it just raises question as to like what what's gonna happen with like you know a specific kind of species like a polar bear like are we gonna like is it gonna go extinct like are we gonna see like a whole new species of just grizzlies um mixed with um with polar bears
0: Oh, my God. That reminds me, Erica. You just reminded me of it. Um, I saw this. Uh, have you guys any? There's this movie called Annihilation, which I highly recommend watching. It's Natalie Portman. It's science fiction. But at one point, they go into this crazy, this crazy like, uh, mystical area of this of this land, and everyone who goes in it basically dies, and then nobody returns. It's crazy. It gets really, like, philosophical and, and interesting. But the point is, when they go in there, they find a crocodile that's, like, white, and its teeth you know how like great white sharks have um like rows of teeth that are kind of layered in like boom 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 going in they found a crocodile with rows of teeth that were layered in like that and they had never seen that before like it had been somehow crossed with a great white shark um obviously it's just a movie but it got me thinking about like how many cool co- i don't know that's all i got i'm sorry is it like an albino <laughs> crocodile yeah yeah it was like an albino <laughs> crocodile it's it was really cool um but it got me thinking about like the idea, like how cool that if they made a game about that, like maybe let's say that the game had to do with you were exploring all these weird mutated creatures and just like little details like that, like oh, when you open up the crocodile's mouth, you can see all these different rows of teeth, and you're like, well, that's weird. Usually, you only see this in a great white shark. But that stuff is really interesting to me. Like, I wish there was more games that were like fo- like No Man's Sky. I wish they'd have really focused on the biological aspect of like all the creatures and stuff. I wish there were more games that do that, and there just there's not. Even in horror games, like in Resident Evil, if if Leon Kennedy just stopped for a second to be like, "Hey, let me let me you know investigate this strange," because there's like a giant crocodile in Resident Evil too, um, but he doesn't look at it; he just blows it up. So I don't know. <sighs> yeah, I was googling that that whale with the dolphin beak thing. Pretty weird. Whale fin. Whale fin. Yeah. Pokemon is the same way. You can breed some different species and do some interesting things there. As well, not to bring it back full circle. But...
1: And create it into a yeah. monster.
2: Well, <laughs> <laughs> Something like that.
1: Monster rancher, too. Yeah. yeah. A monster. yeah.
2: Well, there and was that... a monster rancher, too. But I guess <clears throat> the last thing I would want to say about this article, really, um, is basically because this is what so- some of the research I actually did when I went to uni um, was that uh, what it's called phenology, which is basically the timing of biological events and with these hairs um that that's changing um because of the the temperature and uh basically weather patterns so uh they're adapting to that and we're finding a lot of species like bees for example are having a much more difficult time doing that so it'll be interesting to see i guess within the next 50 years as climate change kind of well takes a deeper hold how that's going to how that's going to be affecting our species. I
4: just just want to add that, like, rabbits have, like, a quick, like, reproductive cycle to where it only takes, I think, a month for them to have a litter after conception. Um, And I was was reading up a little bit. um, During the mating season, which starts from March and goes all the way to August, um, females can have up to four different litters. So, I mean, that's uh, one litter after the other. I mean, they're getting knocked up right after the other. And uh, essentially, this is genetic code being passed down um, from generation to generation. And they these hairs are able to reach um, maturity within a year. So um, I find it fascinating that they the study was on hares and that they, they came to this realization of how quickly they can do that. I wonder, because like like the analogy you made just now, Ashe, with the bees, bees have a very uh, different way of reproducing, and uh, it's not that quite of a quick turnaround, and they're more susceptible to their environment and whatnot. Um, right. So, so I'm just curious, yeah. like, what, what other animals can we actually use that type of information to kind of study and see if essentially if the animals are able to reproduce as quick as the uh, snow hairs, how, how successful, how, uh, how their survivability yeah. will be once uh climate change comes around.
2: Right. Yeah. And that's, <clears throat> I don't want to mention too much. I'm probably not legally allowed to, uh, just because he hasn't released his paper yet. But one of the grad students I was working with in college a few years back, he was looking at that, like the the phenotypical changes um, in a particular species or a few particular species. And you're exactly right that part of that is due to um, like generations, like how quickly the next generation is up and coming. That's why scientists uh, constantly are... Looking at fruit flies because they have such a fast uh, reproductive cycle that you can look at generations super quickly um, Hares like you said are another one of those, but some of the some of the other animals in the animal kingdom obviously generations come around at a much slower rate, so that adaptation that evolution is not happening as quickly, and um yeah it's it's not just that though uh that's that's the difficult part about this that's the difficult part about looking into this issue it's just basically it's not just due to generational you know um turnover and evolution in terms of that there are other factors and it's really difficult difficult to isolate you know is it due to genetics is it due to uh you know outside factors what is, what is it due to uh essentially so that's I don't know much more than that, unfortunately. But I know that it's not just a like a one factor problem. It is a multi factor compounding issue, and um, they're they're still looking for the answers. They're looking for the best way for basically us to figure out how species can adapt and evolve. Because clearly, it's not going to be that humans are going to stop pumping greenhouse gas and climate change is going to magically reverse itself. That's obviously not what's going to happen. So the next best thing besides reducing that is to look at how species can adapt and evolve. So, yeah, completely with no, that.
0: I agree Right. that it, it's, it's and what you were saying, fish about the reproductive cycle too. Um, I was just looking up and there are some other species they could do research on. Like for example, the magic carp, it only takes 12, uh, 1200 steps to hatch it's the quickest of all the Pokemon. Ah, so uh um, right. that's one they could do it all. Or they could use something with uh, flame body or magma armor or something like that. So it could hatch a lot faster. Um but you know what, in all seriousness, with that with the rabbit, um, is that the fastest, uh, other than the fruit fly that you could think of, Shay? Was there anything else?
3: No.
2: No, not even close. I mean there are gonna be other species that re- reproduce much faster. I mean, like, if, if you want to really break it down, what it things like cells yeah, have
3: super, yeah, super complex organisms, yeah, like bacteria yeah, complex have yeah. Much, yeah. much, much faster
2: Right, mm-hmm. and that's another thing Cycles, that a lot of scientists study, is bacteria um, because of that, you know, that quick mm-hmm. turnover, essentially. But yeah, in terms of co- more complex organisms, I'm not entirely sure, so I'm not going to say I think Because I don't know,
3: to be honest with you.
0: Speaking of complex organisms, or at least partial organisms, androids perhaps, Um, I know we've been waiting to fight about Detroit for a while now. A fight is a a bit harsh. I don't know if I like to use the word fight. Uh, A raucous debate, maybe. Um, Because we've been arguing about it a little bit. Yeah, put up your dukes, Erica. Put them up. So, like, people even say that anymore. That's such an old per- put up your dukes. Who says that? Who says put up your dukes? Why would you What's name a,
3: both f- fists Duke? Duke? Yeah. yeah I mean, you're, you're taking the time <laughs> to name them, and you name them both the same thing. That's just dukes. lazy.
4: Well,
0: yeah. we don't want you know we don't want to get jealous. It's like a mm-hmm. twin
3: brother thing. I guess. Thing. Yeah.
4: I think I think Duke was a very they're popular both named name Duke. But then.
3: One Duke. spelled one way, and the other spelled another.
4: Duke was a brawler
0: back in the day. Um. so yeah Detroit Be- um, Become Human I keep wanting to say Too Human which is a different game came out and we wanted to talk about it for a couple weeks interesting game one of Sony's big highly touted games been working on for a couple years David Cage Controversial Polarizing Creator basically very similar to Heavy Rain but it follows the story of several androids and their intertwining stories a so detective Connor um, a sort of home nanny bot named Kara and Marcus, who is sort of like a home uh he's almost like a nurse bot or a helper bot, he works for an old man at the beginning of the game. And then he sort of Caretaker. To the, caretaker, yeah. Caretaker bot. And how they and then their stories branch off from there. Um we most of us have finished it. Shay, were you able to at least play the demo for Detroit? Yeah, I played the demo. Okay. So you got a little sample of the gameplay at least. Um I did. Erica, I'll give you the floor here first. It sounds like you're the high you're you're the highest here. On really? Detroit. Yeah, I don't know if you're the highest, but you're you enjoy it the most. Um,
1: yeah, I mean I did t- because this is like my first um quantum dreams game that I played, so I really <laughs> enjoyed it. It was something new for me. And I'm disappointed in the way I ended it cuz I killed like half of my characters.
0: <laughs> did they all die? Intentionally or cuz you fuck shit up?
1: Because I fucked shit up. Oh, yeah, yeah I I lost a lot of characters.
0: Yeah. Don't feel bad. That's something we're gonna to get to in a second. I did too. The way that it has you do some of those important, just like things in the like the part. Oh god! So how are we gonna do this? Are we avoiding spoilers? What's the plan?
4: It's up okay. to the listeners. Let's ask the listeners. Let, let's
0: let's let's keep this. We can talk about events, but let's let's avoid spoilers. I, will I mean, say there's
1: so many. I think it's okay to spoil some of the stuff. There's like so many things that can yeah, happen.
3: Yeah, it's, like it's like, there's, there's
0: nothing, nothing but spoilers, but... but... So, that's, that's a logic. There's so many things you could spoil, that spoiling a couple isn't that big of a deal. That makes sense, I guess. <laughs> we'll spoil a couple, like, five of the hundred spoilers. Um, yeah, okay. Well, so, yeah, There's a there's a point at the end of the game where a major character died for me, and I felt like I didn't do anything wrong. Like... This character died, and I was just trying to do the right thing. I did, there was, like, no warning. It was just like, oh, and then I was gunned down, and I was like, huh, well, that was a little, ext- I maybe you know who I'm talking about. Um, so, yeah, there's mm-hmm. the way that it handles those situations are, is a bit odd, but, okay, so you liked it. Let me paraphrase a little bit. You was your first Quantic Dream game. You really enjoyed it. Um, which, like, character's storyline did you, were you the most invested in or interested in?
1: Uh, I was interested in Alice's and uh, Kara's story. Okay. And then uh, second would be Connor. I mean, at first I really hated him just because not... of his voice. voice. Yeah, his I voice couldn't stand, stand his voice. You, <laughs> but then uh, he grew on me, and I was like, oh, okay, he's he's all right.
0: Yeah, I had the same reaction. I was like, I was talking to my my fiance I was like, I can't deal with this. I know there's, he's supposed to talk like that. He's an android, but like even the, the detective makes fun of me. He's like. I know they were trying to make you look like a human, but they really fucked up when they made your voice because it's fucking awful.
1: Oh, I have a fun fact. Um, so the detective, Detective Anderson, he actually voices Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob. If you guys mm-hmm. did not know that, oh, I was, wow. yeah, because it sounds so familiar. I was like, who? Whose voice is that? What's SpongeBob? SpongeBob. It's like a really. I'm just, it's... I'm
0: just messing with you. Oh
1: my! I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? <laughs>
0: yeah that's crazy, yeah I knew that voice did look familiar, but I didn't know well, same with Marcus, like, I thought Marcus was a really interesting story at first, not as a character I wasn't doing much, but they had that cool scene with the piano, and then like there's that cool moment where his uh his like sick careta- or his sick guy he's caretaking, like makes him paint a picture, and you paint, you look around the room and you just paint something that's already there. And then the, he's like, No, paint something that you feel. And it's sort of like this moment where you're like a robot, but you're trying to break out of yourself and you just paint something from your mind in a way. And I thought that was like a really cool way of like I think that whole idea of androids becoming human is stupid. I've talked about that before. It's dumb, it doesn't make any sense. But in the context of the game, I thought it was cool how they did it. Like, this idea... Because art is an expression of your personality and your humanity in many ways. So I thought that was a really cool scene toward the beginning uh, of the game, so...
1: Did you notice any plot holes in the game? Like... It was
0: nothing but plot holes, really. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's you, basically all did... plot holes.
1: Yeah, I just... There wasn't uh much of an explanation on how uh like Marcus, you know how he was able to convert some of the androids?
0: Yeah, very quickly by the end. He was just like pew, pew.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I'm like okay, like yeah. some kind of superpower he had or It like... seems
3: like I get that from TV shows, the whole hackers are magical. But from a company that is literally making a game by writing code, you'd think they'd kind of halfway understand how computers. Just how computers? And yeah,
0: David Cage don't care. He yeah, don't care there's about a, about a whole computers. lot of
3: magical hand waviness going on with the way the yeah. androids work.
4: Like sentient. Well, uh, we, I, th- I think uh, if you use your imagination a oh, little God. bit with it, what? Come on, hear me out now before you say, oh, God. Go ahead, I'm listening. Well, think about it. Like, if, if these androids, the deviants are able to do it at first, wouldn't they know exactly how to talk to another android at that point to awaken them out of their kind of robotic state and kind of break away and start forming a conscience well, uh, I, because because they can essentially compute shit a lot more quicker. They're, they're computers. So it, it wouldn't be that far of a stretch for me to take that leap and use my imagination, but... Maybe that's well, just me. I, the only thing I didn't like about it was that
0: when they first started doing it, it was like an impactful, emotional thing. Like when Cara broke right. free, it was because she was saving the girl. And when when Marcus broke free, he was having that moment I like, talked about with like, the painting. I believe that well, his might have come later, but it was it was stuff like yeah. that. Um, Connor's moment was much later on. But like it was like this impactful, like really built up moment. And then for everybody else, it was just you're done. I was like, "Huh? Mm-hmm.
4: You're kind of right. shitting
0: on what made it so special in the first place to become
4: human." You know what I mean? Or well, no? that—that's because they were having yeah. interactions with humans, and it kind of broke them down, essentially. And then, like I said, they—they they probably took that information, and are able to kind of transmit it to those other androids. But
0: I could buy that. I could buy oh. that, except for the fact that, like she was saying, that they don't really explain it. They just assume mm-hmm. that you're just supposed to, yeah. think, well. They're androids. They've figured out a way, you know, mm-hmm. spreading, so. But, yeah, I could buy that fish. I mean, that's fair. I mean, that's not the – my problem is not the – I mean, it's a ridiculous game. My problem is not the believability, per se. It's more of the – yeah. Um, shitting on what was such a, an interesting premise. At the end of the game, spoiler fish, you'll just be waving your hand in the air and like five guys are going to be following you. And you'll wave your hand this way. Five more guys will follow you. It's just like Wow, that sounds exciting. They, they, were, they were going for this. <laughs> there's two marching scenes in, well, in my game there was two Ooh. marching scenes. As if one of them wasn't enough, David Cage was like, I want another civil rights marching scene. So it, I was like, "Oh, it just got to the point where I was just like, I felt like he was slapping me on the head with his dick, and I just, I just was fucking annoying. Like, the second half, I, so, Eric, I would have been with you the first half of this game. I really liked, me and my fiance were into it. We played it constantly for, you know, the first three days. We were talking about it a lot. We were having a lot of fun. But, yeah, they lost me. After Marcus finds, um, that place Fish got to the, uh, Jericho. Jericho, yeah. Yeah, after that, like, when Marcus went from not saying a word. Yeah to giving a speech. I almost like, he didn't say a whole word the whole game except, like, one little tiny thing here and there and then suddenly he's giving speeches. I'm like, oh, come
1: on. Yeah, it just really came out of nowhere. Like, he's like, okay, I am the leader and yeah. you guys follow me.
3: The thing that, yeah, that, that whole thing was, oh, God, it was awful. It was awful. Like, they have the token for other androids who each have, you know, about, you know, of an opinion apiece Um, and everyone else no matter what you say will cheer every time all the other androids just like you're saying that that, that bothered me more than the whole hand wavy now you're free thing because it was very very it it was completely obvious that none of them were free they were just enslaved by androids now every single one of them because no matter what Marcus decided to do, they unquestioningly followed.: Yeah, and it was just like it's, yeah, it's the storytelling skills going on there were just atrocious. like let's let's show this whole story about freedom, and everyone you try to save, or they're 100 percent on board with what this one Android has decided to do. Like
0: yeah, it yeah. made
3: it was bizarre, just completely bizarre.
0: He was the chosen one, Josh. Mm-hmm. Everyone was... Yeah. You know that whole thing.
3: But was he? I thought RA9 was. And then they never yeah. explained what that is. I mean, I, there may be a story... There may be a way to play through the game to find out what RA9 is. Yeah,
0: what but was But I tried as hard yeah. as
3: I could to find what that was, and I didn't. Like, that. that was my one goal either, through yeah. this game, was to find all the clues related to that so I could solve that at the end, and I didn't. I thought... So, I thought that
0: mystical lady that you met in Jericho was going to be RA9, the one lady who like yeah. could touch you and tell you how Maybe she is. Old.
3: Maybe she is. I don't know. That felt like a story thread that should not have been optional.
0: Yeah, what? Do you did you do you know did you look up anything on that Erica? Do you know what the RA9 thing was at all?
1: No, I thought uh, it was just Jericho. I mean, the, that's what the Android said there, when Marcus was asking everyone, oh, like, who's RA9? They're like, oh, you're looking at it. Like,
0: oh, it's it is... a place. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, like, that's really dumb.
0: Yeah. They made it sound like it was a person. Maybe that's what it is, Josh. Maybe it was a place.
1: So. Maybe. I mean, it would have been nice if there, it was, like, some an actual, like, Android or, I don't know, I, I didn't like where they went with that.
0: Yeah. I wish David Cage was here to tell us how dumb we were in his French accent no <laughs> it's not just if he decides to make a story attention. thread
3: that he doesn't explain it's not us being dumb like it's yeah like there's well, there's a ton of stuff that's completely missable that should not be um,
0: well what I think you ran into uh, Erica and Josh is that like because when I was younger, I used to write a, sto- a lot of stories as well. And it's something I lost interest in. But what I remember is sometimes you start with a really interesting idea and you have a good end point. But I feel like there's this middle transitional section of the story that needed to really be elongated, explained, elaborated on. And and that was f- condensed. So, like, the first part of the game is very slow, character-driven. I enjoyed it. The end part of the game, he wanted this whole silly revolution thing, whatever. But it's the transition between the two parts for me. That was just like, it just immediately connected to the second one. Suddenly Marcus is leading a revolution. Kara's running all over the, you know, he just got there too fast. And I think he just kind of trapped himself probably with maybe time or money constraints or or whatever he did. But I feel like he trapped himself in this place where he didn't elongate on the middle portion of the game enough. And that might have helped for me. I didn't like the ending either way, but that's my personal.
4: I think he he wanted, like, some set pieces. He probably thought of that one, one section where Marcus, you know, um, is coming out of that Android heap. Um, he probably had that in mind, but he probably didn't think of a story around that. And, but, I mean, there's definitely pieces in this game that... Are very action and uh, entertaining for me and that's what kind of kept me going through this game not necessarily the the themes or the story um, pulling me along like that is just it's hard not necessarily hard to follow it's just more boring to me um, but I do like the action like there's action sequences I think the game starts out on a great note and then kind of peters out for a little bit after that and then it slowly starts to build up for me at least um because that that first right. scene like it's been such a long time since i played you know uh, a heavy i guess heavy rain uh type of game where it's just nothing but button prompts i can't really think of another game where it's just button prompts to be was honest but a lot of them. oh no the
0: telltale game it's a lot like the the telltale games like tales from the borderlands that's what i thought of when i was playing it, it reminded me a lot of those
4: mm-hmm. yeah yeah a bit um
0: the Wolf Among Us, Walking Dead. It's very similar to those games.
4: Right. And but like uh, the fidelity and everything, like I don't necessarily like the, the comic book type of style in those games. Um where like in this game, like, yeah, it feels like you're watching a really good action uh movie. Um and like I said, like that that first that first scene where you see you're essentially um Connor trying to talk down another android into uh not killing a human, and um, I, I thought that was a very, a strong opener, but then they, they kind of just, like, go out on, like, these weird things. Like you said, Morgan, um, that that scene, there's there's little bits and pieces in there in the game that I found interesting, like that one scene with uh, Connor, and, or not Connor, but Marcus and, um, who is it, uh, his, the person he's taken care of, the, the, uh, guy,
0: the guy from aliens
4: yeah bishop aliens? yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah taking care of him and having him draw himself uh or like i i chose like uh, like a theme of prisoner and it was weird it was just a picture of him standing behind um the person he was taking care of Oh, which I,
0: weird. which, That's which cool, i thought yeah. which
4: i thought was uh interesting like his and I had that. Yeah, that's
0: cool. Yeah, I'd even th- I would like to see some more of that stuff. Um, well, that's a good segue, Fish, because the beginning of Shay, the only part he was able to play on the demo, was the opening portion.
3: Uh, the Connor. So you um, played the best part of the game. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, it was
2: good. Good to know. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was considering buying it for a bit, and then I I heard kind of your guys' criticism, and I was like, yeah, maybe I won't.
0: If you had sixty dollars to throw down on a game, I wouldn't put it toward this one. I don't agree with Josh. I don't think it's the best part of the game, but I wouldn't. I would never recommend it. Erica was telling me she was going to go back and buy it because she wanted to get more out of it, and she already finished it. I was like, "No, Erica, don't do this." Don't.
1: Just want to save those people that I killed.
2: <laughs> and just rent it again.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh. That's a good point.
2: Save your money.
1: No, what I really did like about the game is, like, there's, like, so many little things that you can interact with, like the Android that uh, shows up in the main menu, and she's, like, talking to you and giving you a survey. And then um, towards the end of the game, like, I think once you finish it, she asks you permission to, like, let her free. And you can either say no or yes. Yeah,
3: and you can finally get rid of her, which is just the best moment. (laughs) Fuck uh, no. and she, she finally leaves
1: company
0: <laughs> she was like my favorite she was so really she
3: my just... daughter yes. was laughing at her because she was sad. no it's was... It was ridiculous i try to turn she the was... game on one time and she asks me if we're friends and my 10 year old busts out laughing because even she knows how fucking ridiculous that is come on morgan it was it was pathetic she
0: was my friend Mm-hmm. how dare you yeah, she's actually a character in the game later on too. I don't that part I don't want to ruin for fish, but it's funny there's, when you see there's her. There's nothing in the to ruin. Game.
3: She's she's prototype 1, which is, explains why well, she's just <laughs> fucked butt as the menu.
0: That guy was swimming in a a bloody pool though or something. Do You remember that? That dude that was swimming in that that weird red pool. I was like, god, that that scene was kind of interesting. There's some there's some cool ideas in the, in this game for sure. There's some cool ideas. Um well, uh, I think this is a good play. Uh, I'll, we'll, we can segue there because uh, Erica is telling us that her laptop is starting to die. Um, so we can wrap up the show. I think it's probably a good as sign as any. Um, as far as just everything I wanted to conclude here, things have been running up, we have the side podcast as we try to wrap up every week, Call Evoking the Sublime. Right now it's on iTunes and pretty much anywhere else you get podcasts. We have an interview on there that Shay did with the – uh, creator of What Remains of you defense You should check that out, subscribe to it. Um, there'll be more there soon as well. Um, of course, you can find us on Patreon if you want to get, support us financially. We have some incredible supporters on there. We're trying to get rid of some debt, maybe save up for something cool in the future. E3 or who knows what. Um, it's 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 really, really cool when people do that. www.patreon.com slash swordchomp. And then, of course, uh, you got all sorts of cool E3 clips on our Instagram page. Every Tuesday is polls. Every Thursday is the question of the week. Check it out. Uh, email us, swordchomp at com if you'd like, and we'll get back to you. So um, it's been fun. Thanks for joining us, Erica. It is a pleasure to have you. Um, what is the podcast that you're a part of that people would like to go listen to more of your lovely voice?
1: Ah, oh, that's sweet. <laughs> Super S Anime Podcast. You could find it anywhere, any freaking... Uh, podcast app I don't know but and I also write anime on comicbastards.com where I talk about a bunch of anime
0: go there and tell her that Frieza is the coolest DBZ character uh, thank you
1: <laughs> no Vegeta
0: <laughs> mustache Vegeta you got me um, 70's porn Vegeta thank you for checking out the show it's been fun and until next week we will see you peace out